Hello and welcome to The Hardy Brain, the show that takes athletic, introverted entrepreneurs and leaders and transforms them into ironclad brain performers. I'm your host, Dr. David Hardy, and today we've got an amazing guest on our show as always. He is a wellness wizard, the author of Vitality Secret, podcast host, and an authority in holistic health, who is on a mission to help you reverse illness and pain without drugs. Welcome to the show, Neil Cannon. How are you doing today? Yeah, thank you so much, Dr. David. I'm so excited to be here. You and I have known each other for a while. feels weird calling you Dr. David, actually. <laughs> Dave is fine, absolutely. Dave is fine, yeah. I'm excited for wherever this conversation is going to go. Thank you. Oh, yeah, we finally get a chance to just geek out over a podcast and, yeah, see... See where our, our collective minds take us and how we can help more people out. And uh, with that being said, uh, what is the Vitality Secret? First of all, it's, it's a book. <laughs> so um, I, I wrote that book in 2015, further to my father suffering a stroke. And wow. his stroke led me to researching my own condition I had for the best part of 30 years, which was eczema. Wow. And I was always given the same symptom masking treatments, which meant it would always come back. I was given steroid creams, prescription moisturizers, antibiotics when they got really bad. Long story short, my father suffered a stroke. I had this kind of inner knowing in his, in my heart that his stroke was avoidable. I researched what the underlying cause was, which was chronic inflammation. And very quickly, I found out it was the underlying cause of just about every chronic illness. And that's what the Vitality Secret is about. The Vitality Secret really reveals the underlying cause of just about every chronic illness, which is chronic inflammation. And that's a very quick story about how I got onto onto that subject. Wow. Those are two really important topics. Um, Let's go into, well, how can chronic inflammation cause a stroke then? Um, How did you see that in your father that this might've been avoidable? So that's a great question. I was already researching holistic health. I'd written a book about increasing testosterone naturally for guys. Um, It was my kind of entrance into the world of holistic health. And by that point, like 2012, 2013, I'd started seeing this word inflammation everywhere. Right. And a few years prior to my dad's stroke, I remember this memory so vividly, we were standing in the family home and he told me that he had been diagnosed with chronic inflammation by his naturopathic doctor sister, my aunt, obviously. Okay. And he said, I don't know what it is, but it doesn't sound good. And, and we kind of left it there because it wasn't really my, my area of expertise at that point. So around the time of his stroke, he, he, When he had the stroke, I just thought something inside of me was telling me that he didn't have to have it. I can't really explain where this was coming from. It was like this intelligence from within, the innate intelligence. Mm -hmm. And there was just something saying this didn't have to happen. You know, if I had eczema for the best part of 30 years and I was always prescribed drugs and symptom masking treatments, which really was very poor, really quite an inferior way of addressing chronic illness, maybe the same level of thinking was behind not avoiding his stroke. So 
that's when I just I felt inspired to go and research inflammation because of my my aunt's diagnosis prior to his stroke, this inner knowing I had. And I started to read these books saying, really talking about inflammation being behind just about every chronic illness. So it really came from this inner knowing. It came from just something outside of me or within me, (laughs) if you like. (laughs) I love it. And uh, you you explain it incredibly well there. And I think another way to kind of help people to, to grasp onto this concept is skin is a tissue we can actually see. And with eczema and all other conditions, we can see it break down right in front of our eyes. Whereas mm. with blood vessels and brain cells and all these other tissues, we're not able to see that breakdown as well. And I think, yeah, you were able to, to get past that kind of it being different tissues and realizing, yeah, there, there's kind of this natural thing that's causing all these tissues in the body in different people to break down differently and led you on quite the journey now. Um, What information do you keep building and building in this arena then? It's what a great question. I've, it started with anti-inflammatory nutrition and lifestyle and exercise, you know, exercise and managing stress, grounding, getting sunlight, the basic kind of physical Right. And as my research has progressed, it's just morphed and grown and evolved into, I call it the four pillars of vitality. So physical, mental, emotional, and energetic. So where most people, yeah, so most people, as I'm sure you know, when they want to reverse an illness, as you, I think you know, I have a podcast and I reverse, I interview people who are reversing curable illnesses according to Western medicine. Right. And I also research these people and also help some people. It's so most people, podcast. oh, thank you. Yes. So a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of people start with the physical because it's most tangible. And most people can understand how changing their nutrition is going to ha- have an impact on their health. And most people can understand how exercise is going to have an impact on their health without being you know, a qualified medical professional or now, we don't have to do years of training to understand some of those basic concepts. I think most people can get their head around what inflammation is once you start to understand what it is. You know, if it's the immune system's reaction to a physical threat, ultimately, or even a perceived threat in the case of chronic stress, it starts to become tangible that one can change their health by changing what they're eating. So my approach started off around 2015 or a bit earlier actually with an anti-inflammatory diet and a lot of my clients were getting results just with that right. uh, not just me you know my journey with eczema but helping other people with eczema and other skin conditions and diabetes pre-diabetes type 2 diabetes high blood pressure high cholesterol arthritis and gout and others uh, fibromyalgia chronic pain There's so many different things i've helped people with with inflammation it starts normally with the physical so then as my years went on and my research went on, I started to realize that not everyone was getting results just with diet. So it became, I think just with my own interest in this field, I was diving down the, the mental pillar, if you like, the emotional pillar, the energetic pillar, not really giving it these names, but that's what I was doing ultimately, understanding the power of our thoughts over our body. 
we, right. the, the science of the placebo effect and the nocebo effect and how, and then there's the emotional pillar where we understand that chronic stress creates, creates illness and then we need to release trapped emotions and trauma. That was a huge revelation. Yes. And then the energetic piece, of course, is meditation, visualization, and all of that magic. The quantum realm, which is where I think, I think things get really exciting because I describe it almost like, um, like a reward we get to once we go down that kind of vitality journey, doing all the rest of the things. We then get presented with this energy world and nice. it's unleashed, unleashing our superpowers. I like how you describe it as the vitality journey because it is a journey. And once you see one change, you really do fall down this big rabbit hole into things. Um, and you unleashed a bomb of information there. Uh, bomb of information there. Uh, let's go back to basically the placebo and the nocebo effect because so many people are just slammed with placebo and it's considered almost a swear word out there and they have no clue about nocebo effect. Uh, so walk us through those, those differences between the two and what people should really be focusing on instead. Yeah, I, I find the placebo effect fascinating. You know, there's, there's a number of people I've been researching uh, who I'll come on to in a moment. But when we think about it, the placebo effect is scientifically proven. And we know that in, I believe it's, you, you might even know this data better than I do, but around a third to 50% of results in randomized placebo trials, the results are actually down to the placebo. Right. And the margin that a, a drug has to supersede the placebo is tiny. Um, so we know through those trials alone that the placebo effect is very real. And most of us have heard about it. So we let's just say we take this pill. We have some kind of condition. We take that pill and we're taking it every day, maybe several times a day. And through the sheer power of belief, we are essentially commanding our cells to create this perfect concoction of chemicals, this beautiful pharmacy of chemicals conducive to healing, whatever that symptom is. Right. So the brain, you know, Dr. Dr. Bruce Lipton speaks about the brain chemist. So the brain is able to, on demand, cause the body to create this concoction of chemicals to enable the body to heal itself. And that all happens with the sheer power of belief. So we take that pill every day, and after a certain period of time, our symptoms almost naturally disappear. There was one, um, there was actually a talk at Metal where you and I met in person a couple of years ago. And there was a guy talking about the X pill. And this was a placebo pill where everyone knows what the pill is, but they give it meaning. And then they get results with their health and outside of their health. And it's really amazing. And they've studied the placebo effect and how we can initiate it and put it into action right. by, well, by understanding what it is. So <laughs> the brain on demand can heal the body. We can heal the body through thought alone. 
Yes. So I can't I can't use those words without talking about Dr. Joe Dispenza, who you might have heard me mention once or twice. Um, he's he's got phenomenal studies behind this, going back many many years, and people are attending his retreats or just listening to his meditations and healing themselves, and it's ultimately through thought. So if we can just tap into that power that we have to heal through thought alone, we can also understand what the nocebo effect is which is like the flip side of the, of the placebo effect. So if we can think ourselves well, or we can think ourselves vital, illness-free, whatever word works for you, right. we can also think ourselves sick. So wow. let's say back in my, yeah, back in my eczema days, <laughs> um, you know, when it was, particularly bad, I would normally recreate it every single day with my thoughts. And I, I, have, I had not really thought about this um, until the last few years researching the mind-body connection. And if we, if we have an association with a label, with an illness, so in my case, that would have been eczema, we can have the same thoughts. We wake up the same every day with the same thoughts. Most thoughts are just... Um, a mirror of our subconscious mind every single day and we live in the past. If we wake up with the same thoughts, same feelings every single day and we reenact the same habits, same behaviors, we are recreating that uh, condition through the nocebo effect, through the mind. So when I work with people, for example, I often say within the first week, I, I encourage people to disassociate from the label. Because just having that association with the label creates this kind of knock-on effect with recreating that illness. <clears throat> there's, um, there's a phrase in neuroscience I'm sure you're familiar with, nerve cells that fire together, wire together. Exactly. And if we give something energy, we end up, or give, if we give something attention, we then give it energy, and wherever we place our energy, expands. So if every single day I wake up and say, I've got eczema, I've got eczema, look at my skin, look at my bad eczema, looking at the mirror, look at the eczema, look at this, look at this, oh, look at this, get this, and talking about it with all my friends and complaining with my family, oh, look at the eczema, the eczema, it just gets recreated rather than, and this sounds so counterproductive or counterintuitive, but if we can disassociate from it and not give it energy, things start to happen almost by themselves. Of course, there's other parts to do as well. But um, I want I Let's first dive into about... that with uh, food then as well. So you had okay. eczema, and then you also had, of course, those repetitive patterns in your brain about about your disorder. Um, how about when you're getting somebody better? And obviously, with food, you can see some of them, and you probably know right off the bat which triggers most people have with food. Um, but usually they're, they're also kind of addicted to that food. And how does that nocebo, placebo, our uh, rumination of thoughts go along with uh, changing the diet and lifestyle as somebody's trying to get better from these disorders then too? Yeah, I love this question. One of our fellow brothers comes to mind when I think about this. It depends what kind of diagnosis someone's ha- someone has. So, and I think it really ties in with how much someone wants to change, which is another part of the mental pillar. It's the psychology of wanting to change and wanting to go down this vitality journey. 
So if someone wants it enough, if someone wants to get rid of eczema or arthritis or gout or something more severe, maybe an autoimmune condition, I don't know, Crohn's disease or fibromyalgia or something like this, um, it's. I think it starts, well, I don't think it starts, it does start in the mind. We have to, we get to decide that we want to heal ourselves, that we want to be better. And by understanding our kind of vision of what we want to create for our bodies and tying that in with our greatest desires, desires, needs, wants, aspirations, tying it to family, to what's most important to us, our loved ones, children, you know, friends, etc. If we can get clear on why we want something, then the addictions that we have to certain foods, it's going to be easier to get around. Right. I once interviewed a woman who is an Italian and she reversed multiple sclerosis. And one of the main things she had to do was get rid of gluten. Now, being Italian, she was basically breastfed pasta. <laughs> you know, it, it's... Italians eat a lot of wheat. <laughs> yes. So um, multiple sclerosis, she had to get her head around how certain food types were actually causing inflammation in her brain, which were leading to multiple sclerosis, which was leading to multiple sclerosis and creating multiple sclerosis. Right. And she, by the way, followed a very similar protocol to the very first person on my podcast who reversed multiple sclerosis. And... She, she was amazed by how much she changed her brain by changing what she was eating. She shrank a legion in her brain over three months by essentially switching to an anti-inflammatory protocol, grain-free, right. ultimately, mm -hmm. and avoiding nightshades and ramping up certain plant nutrients, etc. So coming back to your question about the, the mind and addictions to foods, I think if someone has something as severe as multiple sclerosis or cancer or, you know, one of these really kind of more severe illnesses, it's, it gets easier to take the things out of our diets that are causing inflammation. One of our friends, I want to bring him up, Mark Restivo, who's just reversed cancer in two months, right. stage two lymphoma. And he's often said to us, um, People have approached him and said, didn't you find it hard taking out gluten and dairy and sugar, et cetera, and take, cutting out alcohol and caffeine? He said, the moment you get diagnosed with cancer, that's easy. You know, that, that for him was, is overnight. Right. So, and it, that, of course, is psychology because some people could get that news and just continue to do what they were doing. And it really just depends on the person. You know, it's quite common for a lot of people to get a diagnosis and go down the Western medical route. And there's, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with that until we realize that it's not generally getting to the cause. If you need to use it, brilliant, uh, to stay alive. You know, my parents are alive thanks to Western medicine and many of my friends as well. Um, what I was just going to say is it's often the way we start, but it's also worth understanding that they're missing the cause they're missing the point of why the body's got sick in the first place so if we go down the holistic path or maybe a combination of the two the holistic path as you know is all about getting to the cause of the illness getting to the cause of the symptom of that you know that warning light on a dashboard showing up why is Absolutely. it why is that happening Absolutely. yes yeah so um i would yeah, I, I just encourage people to think about 
what has created the illness in the first place. And once you get your head around, once one gets their head around what chronic inflammation is, one can then go, okay, what's causing me toxicity in my life? What's causing me toxicity in my body? And then go about um, replacing those things. One thing, that's quite an important point, actually. You mentioned about food addictions. Certain things are kind of addictive. Bread, <laughs> sugar, they're addictive because right. they spike your insulin, they give you that massive spike in your blood sugars. And we, we often have this carb cycle where we're just spiking all day, every, you know, chasing the next sugar high. Um, and it's kind of, a lot of people do um, have that kind of habit. Um, one thing I always like to suggest is to think of replacing food types rather than quitting. Because the moment we think about quitting something, it's like bringing some, introducing pain into one's life. Exactly, and yes. And we don't want to be doing that. So yeah, there's, there's ways to reprogram the mind to actually enjoy the journey, start to eat food that is nutritious and delicious, um, replacing an inflammatory culprits with anti-inflammatory alternatives. Right. That's the biggest thing too. Um, if you're going to make lifestyle changes like this, um, if you're just concentrating on the things you have to get rid of, it's unsustainable. And yeah, you can have this huge diagnosis, which is going to be a big motivator. But on top of that, though, if you can just look up the recipes that are healthy, delicious, that are anti-inflammatory, and just concentrate on getting more of those good recipes that you like into your diet, it's sustainable. And it's not that painful aspect like you mentioned there. Um, what other things are maybe causing people to, uh, to not make those changes? Um, obviously, information is one that we've talked about and kind of the, the attitude of, okay, this is woo-hoo fairy dust, um, all the way to addictions and, and physiological things that would drive us in the wrong directions. Um, what other things kind of have led people uh, to come and see you to, to get help to go down a different pathway then with the emotional, mental, and energetic side as well. Yeah, I would say the vast majority of people who come to me have, have got to this kind of tipping point where they're saying the mainstream approach isn't working for whatever reason. And if I say mainstream, I'm not just talking about taking drugs for illness. And again, I just want to say they're phenomenal in emergencies for trauma, for recovery. Um, when it comes to illness and dis-ease, I, th I really don't, I don't even consider Western medicine medicine. They're, they're drugs, right. <laughs> surgery. Um, so a lot of people understand that they, they aren't helpful and they're getting sicker and sicker and sicker. And then, so they're seeking, they're already seeking something. So they're at that tipping point and they, they're craving for something that they're, probably their inner knowing, that innate intelligence is telling them there's a better way. So they're the people that normally come to me because they start doing the research or it's a referral um, and they, they're looking for a pathway. They're looking for like a direction, like a roadmap to say, hey, you're, you're here and you'd like to get here. I've, I've got lots of experience doing this so I can help you, you know, speed that up. Um, and I think some people might just be a little lost as well as to where to look. Even if, you know, if you go onto Google and you search what, what's healthy in, in terms of food, 
it's so confusing. <laughs> right. Like there's so many, there's so many different points of view. And, and in a way, you know, even if there's vegan, there's vegetarian, there's ketosis, paleo, grain-free vegan, low-fat, high-fat, pescatarian, carnivore, there's, there's so many approaches to eating, it can get really confusing. So I, I'm of the belief that actually every form of eating can actually work for some people. You're right. Um, so it's what we need to make sure is we're sticking to nature. You know, there's a few fundamentals that we've almost lost sight of, particularly in the last few years, for reasons we might not need to talk about now. Um, but if, if, if we can talk about nature and being in alignment with nature, that's really the essence of what we want to be doing. So if we, if we understand how food has been tampered with, you know, genetically modified organisms, for example, GMO corn, the mutagenicized wheat, the hybridized wheat grain, it's been altered by man. Co um, soy, cotton seed, it's been altered by a man. And studies beyond those that got the, their approval by the FDA, which is, in my, I don't know if you're going to appreciate me saying this, a useless organization and should never, shouldn't be involved with any kind of approval of anything anymore. Um, so if we, if we look at nature and then we say, right, what? Where have we fallen away from nature? And what can we do to bring ourselves back to nature? One of my favorite hashtags is, if you don't recognize an ingredient, your body won't either. Hashtag inflammation. Right. So it's some kind of toxin entering the body. And what is a toxin? A toxin is something that's ultimately not in alignment with nature. It's probably the easiest way. That's kind of my personal definition. Um, I guess you can start to argue it and say, well, isn't everything from nature? But um, <laughs> we want to get as close to the natural form, you know. And, you know, some people can go to Italy and France and consume wheat and they'll be fine. But then they go to America and they consume wheat and their, their gut breaks out you know, and their skin breaks out and they get bloated because... There's the muted, there's the hybridized wheat grain. So the wheat grain has been tampered with. And then there's the Roundup Ready, which was somehow approved by Monsanto, or the FDA back in the day, um, which creates inflammation in the gut. And in fact, glyphosate has been now proven to cause cancer, which is in Roundup. So if we get back to nature, that's probably the, the best way I can always suggest for people to start. So if anything's taking us away from it, look, look elsewhere. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. And yeah, just, we often hear consumers, our grandmothers would eat and, um, yeah. And then just think about what's not organic, what's covered in pesticides, herbicides, fungicides, insecticides. And it, it gets easier after a bit of time. But one reason I love the paleo way is because it's it's really pretty natural, a pretty natural way of eating. Right. Yeah. And uh, for those that are wondering, uh, basically, the the healthiest diet that I've I've seen out there is being autoimmune paleo because it's designed mm -hmm. for people that react to a lot of different foods. And uh, it's just a way to come back to, to the basic foods that uh, are digestible and uh, the majority of people that have severe chronic illnesses. 
And uh, yeah. it is just amazing to, once again, dive into that world and find the things you like to eat that you can have that you enjoy. Um, and that brings enjoyment to things as well. Mm. Um, and kind of breaking out then more into kind of the mental, emotional, energetic side. Uh, what are kind of some of the rabbit holes you've dived into that are maybe a little more complex that, uh, that people struggle wrapping their head around? The first thing I want to say is the body electric. Yes. <laughs> Rather than go down the emotional. I was about to go down the emotional because we've discussed the mental. Right. The emotional thing, it, it, all, it is all tied together. But, but the body electric, and I'm sure you're familiar with this as well, this is when things really became, began to fall into place for me. Um, and it was actually when I got EMF poisoning in 2017. Okay. My immune system crashed and I couldn't shake. It was a minor thing. I couldn't shake up a cold for more than a month. But at that point in my life, it was very unusual. And I was never, I was never getting, I don't get sick. And um, I, for some reason, I just could not shake off this cold. I was living in LA. I was working out every day, anti-inflammatory diet very strict, um, vegetable juicing, yoga, sunlight, ocean, kite surfing. Like, oh, There's no reason for me to be sick. Right. And as, as far as the physical, my awareness of the physical was concerned. Yeah, you're doing so, everything. Yeah. yeah. So a friend of mine said, go and check out this chiropractor, <laughs> one of your people. <laughs> so I did. And he, he did some kinesiology on me. And in 10 minutes, he said, You've depolarized these three teeth on the side of your mouth, where you most likely from your phone, where you hold your phone. This is he said this is happening to so many people. And he said, your, these three teeth are connected to your immune system and your teeth act like circuit breakers. And I looked at him like, like he was a crazy person. Right. You're talking, I'm a house now, am I? Um, he, he actually said, we're wired up like a house and... All of, the, all of our organs go through are, are on different circuits and they all pass through our teeth. And that's why your immune system isn't functioning because the electromagnetic charges change ultimately and you've dropped the voltage to your, to your immune system. So what he actually used lasers on me, um, scalar energy lasers. I lay there on the, on the desk or, or on the table and he just had lasers pointing at my teeth for like 10 minutes. He's like, all right, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, so, okay. <laughs> so I did that, I think, twice, and then my cold went away. So then I discovered Dr. Jerry Tennant, who wrote Healing is Voltage. It's actually underneath this uh, laptop, which I've raised to make the, the, uh, the level better. <laughs> so Healing is Voltage is um, a brilliant book by Dr. Jerry Tennant, and that's when I really started to understand the electronics of the body. So if we can kind of, and by the way, this goes, as you know, goes back hundreds of years, long before the Carnegie and Rockefeller intervention of modern medicine. Yes. Which destroyed the chiropractor industry, as I know you know about. So they, you know, hundreds of years ago, we've known about the, the body electric. We know we are energy beings. And this book in fact, one 45-minute presentation helped to solidify and, and really gave me clarity about everything I'd learned about the human body for the seven years up to that point. 
it just everything just came together like a jigsaw puzzle. I was like, ah, I get it now. I used to be an electrician, by the way, for a couple of years in my late twenties. So okay. when I started to understand the electrical systems, I just thought, ah, okay. So something this chiropractor said to me is in Costa Mesa near, near LA. He said, once the polarity is flipped, your body becomes positively charged. And once you get to plus 30 millivolts, you've got cancer. So um, I hate looking at people when I, when I, say, when I say that word. But it's, uh, I normally look away, but I'm just trying to engage. So um, that's, that's basically what happens when we have cancer. So if we can understand that that happens with a flip of polarity in our electrical systems, we can understand how any kind of illness happens. And we know that once the cells become positively charged, we become acidic. And we also know that with, with cancer, cancer doesn't thrive in an oxygen-rich environment. Right. So if um, most of our cells are electrically charged, according to Jerry Tennant, between minus 20 and minus 25 millivolts, and providing they're all functioning well, that's where all the cells in our body, 50 to 100 trillion cells, are functioning. So when we get sick, the voltage drops and the polarity actually flips and they become positively charged and acidic. So if we can understand some basics, we don't have to go and understand, you know, the really this in depth, but let's just say negatively charged is a good thing. Positively charged isn't according to Dr. Jerry Tennant and, and other, you know, body electric um, pioneers. We can then go, okay, what causes this in the body? What causes the, the voltage to change? One thing I almost forgot, a really key point. A characteristic of all chronic illness is low voltage to an organ. Right. So it's as if not enough power is getting to the organ. If someone's got inflammation of the brain, there's probably a number of reasons for that happening, but there's also not enough power going to the brain. If someone's got poor skin the chances are there's not enough power getting to the skin organ. If there's not, and the same goes for anything, any kind of organ, any system in the body, there's not enough power going there. It's as if you have a flashing, flickering light in the, in the house. And what I would do as an electrician and go, is go, right, what, why is that flickering? And then I go down the electrical circuitry, normally find a corroded wire or a dodgy switch or you know something like that and fix it at the cause, so the voltage then naturally rises again and the, and the light works. Right. That's a very basic way of explaining it, but ultimately that's kind of happening in the body. So mm -hmm. two main rules that Jerry Tennant talks about was a characteristic of all chronic illness is low voltage to an organ, the respective organ. And the second one is a characteristic of all chronic illness is when your body loses the ability to create new cells that work. So right. our, our bodies are always creating new cells. We're always generating new cells from some form of intelligence out there. <laughs> so, um, but, when we, but when they're not made effectively, that's when we get sick. I love it. So and uh, that is a great example. And I think one reason, too, people have kind of... Uh, a delay in not connecting the electrical to the chemistry world is they view it as two separate things. And a lot of practitioners and coaches don't explain how basically with the chemistry, it's all about positive and negative chemicals. 
and anions, cations, and this flow and drawing together of all these different charged particles within the system. And to go and say that the only way the electron transport chain works is by chemicals is, is false. Um, because there's all sorts of ways that the body is producing and has a flow of electrical charges past just these little chemical um, molecules with a extra electron. And uh, it, it really goes into depth then after that, how we can connect the electrical and the chemical world together. And we talked about acidic and basic. Well, your car battery, which produces electricity, is acid, <laughs> battery acid. So there is this huge connection between the two. And uh, I, I think that the biggest thing that will happen kind of to, into future health that's already being explained by coaches like yourself is this energetic world that is another way to say biophysics. And mm. the more we can start to kind of dive into the physics realm with this as well is just going to be amazing. Now, I know you've talked to and had on your show uh, physicists as well. Um, kind of uh, what was your takeaway when you, you had the, the conversations with these genius minds in this, this field as well then? Yeah, I, I hallucinate you're referring to Mark Hines, who's the business partner of Nassim Haramein. Right. I'm still welcome to get Nassim Haramein on. There's, there's, there's been others as well. One of my, he, he said to me in one of our interview or, or the interview, he said, do you know what the ultimate cause of illness is? And I was a bit cocky. I went, I think it's because of low voltage to an organ, <laughs> a drop in frequency. And he went, no, it's actually dissonance from the field. Ah, okay. And I went, okay, that's, that makes sense. So when we aren't in harmony in this symphony of the universe because of whatever we've done to our body, we're actually, we're actually at dissonance. So there's resonance and there's dissonance. So resonance, for example, heart and brain coherence, we have this with, I'll talk about that quickly to explain resonance. Before I say resonance, I'll say one of the, my favorite um, terms from Tesla is if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. We are energy beings at the subatomic level. We are mostly energy. We're something like 99.99s empty space or energy. And, and this is when you zero, you know, really zoom in enough 0. 0.000 many zero one matter. That's, that's actually what we learned at school as well. We are energy beings. This cup here is actually vibration of atoms. And so is the water in it, all, all the different frequencies. So if we understand us as energy beings and we are part of this energetic field, it starts to get clear how if we are not in resonance, if we are not in harmony, then things go in the body go out of balance. So with heart and brain coherence, for example, the HeartMath Institute, they've been studying the heart-brain connection for 30-odd years. And they've shown what happens in the body when we combine, um, well, when we kind of connect the heart with the brain. 
Right. So we actually create this coherent state in the body, which changes our biochemistry. It changes our HRV, our heart rate variability, which is a key biomarker for many different systems in the body. And we can change our immune system in minutes by doing this, which is why we do it after breath work every, every day. But if, if, we continue, if we continue that um, frequency for longer, and if we stay in this state of appreciation throughout the days, we actually change the frequency in our body and we actually create a more um, harmonious environment in the body conducive to healing. So mm-hmm. I, I, can't, I can't talk about this without talking about Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yes. You know, people have, people have attended his, his retreats, me included, and people have reversed the most, quote-unquote, irreversible of illnesses, often spontaneously. For example, multiple brain tumors or people riddled in cancers. They often have had spontaneous remissions. People who are deaf, they're hearing again, blind people seeing again, handicapped people walking again, people who have been handicapped from like a serious illness like multiple sclerosis or something. So, um, and otherwise, spinal cord injuries. So what's happening there is like my kind of simplistic view is we are creating this harmonious environment in the body, this resonance in the body, which is in harmony with the field. So it's like, if we can imagine this universe of energy, if we fall out of resonance with it, we're, we're at dissonance with it, that's when we become sick. So what are we doing which is going to take us away from that? What, what, what takes us out of harmony with this field? That's kind of the more simplistic way of looking at it, I guess. I love it. And we can continue down the rabbit holes, the rabbit holes, and we, we really should. Um, but for today, uh, what are kind of a few things that uh, you're heading direction to, to get this information out and where can people find you? Yeah, so I, I mentioned the vitality journey earlier. I, um, I have a couple of offerings. I do private coaching, group coaching. You can be, that can be found at vitalitysecret.com. Um, my next book is coming out, crikey, in about six weeks. Uh, I say crikey because it's been delayed quite a lot. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's coming out very soon. It's called The Vitality Code, and I'm exploring and, uh, well, explaining the four pillars of vitality, the physical, mental, emotional, energetic. Nice. So um, that'll be out soon. It's, it's basically ready. It's sat on my hard drive. The, the cover's done. Everything's done. Um, so it's, it's ready to go, ultimately. So, yeah, that's where people can find me. My, my podcast can also be found on, on that main website. I'm also on social media, which you can also find on the website. But I guess Instagram and Facebook's the best. Neil Cannon Vitality. Perfect. Well, I appreciate all the knowledge, wisdom, and collective intelligence you shared with us and we'll continue the conversations and get them rolling and for everyone listening in definitely check out neil canning vitality secrets soon to be the vitality code and stay tuned to the next episode of the hardy brain the show that takes athletic introverted entrepreneurs and leaders and transforms them into ironclad brain performers take care (laughs) 